0: And we have been part of this series and I've been teaching on this title, Who is Jesus? On the first Sunday, I taught you that Jesus is our servant king. Amen. He is not just our king, but he's our servant king. Nobody would put the word servant before a king. But Jesus became our servant king. He came to serve us. He came to bring us salvation. Last week, I spoke on Jesus is our rejected king. Jesus is our rejected king. Many of us, we have gone through rejection in life. Many of us, we've gone through uh, so many things that would stop us from, um, uh, from uh, being accepted by others. We have all gone through rejections in life. But it's nothing like what Jesus has gone through because Jesus has been rejected in every way. But yet, he stood without speaking anything. When, when he was standing in front of Pilate, they asked, do you want Barabbas or you want the king of the Jews? But Jesus was rejected and Barabbas was chosen and Jesus, the Bible says, he said nothing because he could have stood there and said actually i am the king of kings and the lord of lords you know i created heaven and earth you know i know everything inside inside out about you he could have said something but jesus kept quiet and the very reason that jesus kept quiet is simply because he wanted you to be in this church this morning He wanted you to be saved. He wanted a Catherine. He wanted a Mervyn. He wanted a Carol. He wanted a Christopher. And he wanted everybody to be part of his family. The Jews and the Gentiles. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a king who's not just a king, but he's also our friend. Who is Jesus? Jesus, our friend and king. He's the greatest king. He's the king of all. There's nothing and nobody like him. But yet he says, I am your friend. John 15, verse 5. Let's have John 15, verse 5 on the screen. Is that coming up? All right. Can somebody get John 15 verse 5 and read it out loud? John chapter 15, verse 5. Yeah apart from me you cannot do nothing do Anything. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. He says, I am your God and I want to abide with you. I want to be with you. I am not just a God who is just going to be out there when you just call me out and I'm just going to answer from a far distance. But God is saying, I'm not a God of distance. I'm God who is with you. As you draw close to me, I draw near you. So this is the problem that we face when you try to approach a relational God with a religious mindset. Many people are not able to, um, you know, experience God that he's your friend because we are going to a relational God with a religious mindset. When God is there to say, what can I do for you? We are going, God, I want to do these things for you so that you will bless me. But you cannot approach God, you cannot go to his presence unless you are already blessed. Let me explain this a little bit more. Because the very fact that we are even able to go to his presence is because he allowed that to happen. When he died on the cross, when he rose again, he broke this law. He broke this, this barrier that says only the high priest can go into the presence of God. But he, the veil was torn apart and he broke the barrier say, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus can be at the presence. So because God did that, Because Jesus did that, you and I now have a privilege to go to his presence and pray. The disciples asked him, how can we pray? And he started with said, our father who art in heaven. He's our father, he's our king, he's our friend and we can have a relationship with him. So when you pray... When you seek God, when you try to follow Jesus in your everyday life, please don't try to follow Jesus with a religious mindset. Don't have an expectation from God with a religious mindset. What do I mean by religious mindset? Religion will tell you if you can do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, then God will do this for you. So basically what you're doing is every day you're trying to fulfill things in order to earn God's love. Is it possible to earn His love? Is it possible to earn His grace? I mean the amount of testimonies that we heard this morning, not even one, you know, like a a point, point, point. Like not even a dot we could say that we deserve to say that testimony. We don't deserve any of those things that God has already blessed us with, but simply by the grace, the love, and the mercy that He has already given for us. So don't approach from a religious perspective. You don't have to do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in order to love Him, in order for Him to love you. You've already given those 1 to 10 blessings because he has already blessed you, worship him. Because he's already blessed you, love him. Because you are his child, he's our king and you are his child. And because of that, follow him. We don't follow him because we have to. We follow him because we get to follow him. That's a big difference. Nobody is forcing you to become a follower of Christ here. But there's only one thing that can force me. There's only one thing that can urge me in my heart is his love for my life. His goodness for my life. We sang that song, your goodness is running after me, it's running after me. You know, he's with us so close when we are broken. When we, many times when we mess up, that's when we think God is far. Actually, oh, you messed up? I'm here for you. There are many parents in this room with young children, right? When your child messes up something, let's say if, the, your, if your child is sick and, and your child probably threw up and, and made a mess, as a father, as a mother, would you say, uh, yuck, and walk away? Is that our nature? Is that our nature? Where do we receive the nature of love? Where do we receive the nature of fatherhood from? How do we know how to be a good father? How do we know how to be a good mother? How do we get the nature of loving others? Where do we get that from? The Bible says we are created in God's image and we get that nature from God. So if we are ready to clean up, when my daughter, a couple of nights ago, she was sick and she was about to throw up, I said, honey, I'm here, throw up. I put my hand out, my wife put her hand out, she threw up in, into my hands. Do you think God won't do that for us? Do you think He would look at your brokenness, your mess, your sin, and He'll say, yuck, and walk away? He's saying, it's okay, just spit it out. It's okay, I know you're broken. I know you're ashamed, but put it out here. I'll take that. Just get it out. You'll feel better. Just confess to me. Just pray to me. Just worship me. Just put it here. Just put it here. I'll take care of that. Just get it out, and you will feel better. I'll give you a wash. My blood is there for you. I've cleaned you. I'm here for you. Just put it out there. Do you want to know what King City Church is? This right here. That's who we are. Come. Broken. Messed up. Sick. Fearful. Doubtful. Whatever you're going through. Come. Come. Put it out. We have a God who loves you. We are not here to judge you. Nobody here can point fingers at anybody because we are all broken, but we were all restored by the living God. We were all once sinners, and we are all now called righteous because of our righteous God. And the amazing part is our Savior comes around, puts His hand over our shoulders and says, Hey, I'm your friend as well. I'm your friend as well. My job is not done. I've saved you and I'm not going to move on. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to talk to you every day. John 13 verse 16 and 17. It says, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Even though Jesus is the great I am, even though he's the great big God, he says, I am here in your level. I am with you and I am by your side. Isaiah 55 verse 4 to 7, it says, Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people. This is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. And he says, indeed, I've given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Verse five, surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Next verse, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Verse seven let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly abundantly pardon you he will abundantly forgive you he will abundantly bless you he will abundantly care for you and fill you with his grace whatever the struggle is don't worry Whatever the struggle is, don't panic. You have a God who forgives. You have a God who restores. You have a God who loves the mess. Let me say that again. You have a God who loves the mess. Is it messy in your life? He loves it. Because He wants to work through your mess. He wants to work through your problems. He started doing that from the beginning. He did not, if you look, if you check through the Bible, God did not pick one perfect man to serve him. In fact, he picked the broken, the most weak person of all. I'm praying for many families in our church. And I know families during COVID, husbands, fathers, you've been working so hard to keep, you know, um, providing for your families, loving your family. I know a lot of people here, you you know, you're single mothers here and you have single-handedly supported your family, supported your children, prayed for them, cried with them and you have been able to do all that because of God's strength. And I'm telling you something this morning that God loves you more beyond than you could ever ask for. If God has still kept you in a job, thank God for it. If God has put food on your plate, thank God for it. Students, if God has still kept you in education, thank God for it. Thank God for it. It is a gift from God. God is giving you promotions during this season. Thank God for it. It has not come easy. It has not come easy. And I know that God has so much more, so much more in life for you and for your future husband and wife you might have struggles who didn't have struggle including mary and joseph in the bible they had their struggles in fact probably the night when jesus was born mary was saying hey joseph did you book our hotel did you get our inn? did you get the booking but it was all full and i'm sure joseph was in big trouble when he was knocking all those doors and he was asking, come on, he's looking through his app, make my trip. I booked room for two and an unborn baby. I went through booking.com. Why are all these people canceling on me in the last moment? And finally, an innkeeper opened and said, it's okay, come on in, you can use this table. And Mary looked at Joseph and she gave him the silent treatment and that was the night when Joseph wrote the song silent night you didn't know the story of silent night all is calm. he's looking at Mary who's giving him the silent treatment everybody had their fair share of problems, struggles, challenges. But in the midst of it all, the Savior was born. The King was born. Rejected so that we can all be accepted. Stooped down so that we can be raised up. And now, He's our friend who still wants to be part of our process. Part of us becoming his righteous being and completely follow him. So what is hindering you from accepting his friendship? What is hindering you from following him faithfully? What is stopping you from taking a great step of faith to even get more closer to God this year? We have few more weeks for this year to end and we are going to end it in a great way. We are going to end it in a great way. And I know God is still moving. There are still some prayers you're praying for God to answer and if it is his will, you have some more weeks and God can answer those prayers by the end of this year, in next few weeks. God can do it. God can do it. Keep going for him and keep serving him. Amen.